Hi, I'm Nina Endurst. I'm Anna Tonk. Welcome to How to Be Human, a podcast that explores the common and often confusing themes of humanness. On this episode, Anna and I discuss spirituality. Take a seat, clear your mind, and let's chat. Hello, darling. Hello, darling. Hello, love. (laughs) It made me laugh when I was recording the reading for our members, the newsletter, and I was like, um, like wrapping everyone in a hug, unless you don't like affection. <laughs> and, I was like, and then I'm giving you your space. And I'm high-fiving you from across the room. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like now with like, you know, pet names, like calling people, you know, love, darling, and things like that, like I still, one, it's always better in a British accent, even better if it's a terrible one that you're faking. And I do always enjoy it. Like, uh, thank you for saying that. I've been having so much anxiety that that's all I call people. And I'm like, I hope nobody's like offended by it. But first of all, it's gender neutral. Yes. Second of all, it's like, I only called people that, that I like, like, obviously, otherwise I'm like, hi, but I don't, th- I did have someone say to me once, please don't call me that. And mm. I was like, fair enough. Yeah. I never had that, but I've heard it. And, you know, I've heard people say, like, please don't call me that. And I always find it really interesting, like, when people do it, like, with, you know, like a, like a, like a barista or something, you know, and they're like, don't call me honey. And it's like, really? Like, that's the person you're going to, you know, like, I don't love it in a professional setting. Like, I, obviously, I don't like a man in a professional setting calling me like, no, honey well, or something like men? that. Men. They don't yeah, have to that's do the only, <laughs> that's my only time that I'm like, mm, maybe not, you know, but I, this is I'm something I don't even love girl. <laughs> yeah. And this is something I don't love about myself, but like, I, certain things will make me feel very girlish. Like anyone winks at me and I'm like, oh my God, am I a pretty lady? Like I just, <laughs> like certain things I'm always like, it's just nice. Like for someone to be like, hello darling. You're like, no, oh, it's nice. So, yeah, I agree. I think I enjoy so. it. It puts a little pep in my step. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? It's, I'm going to tell on Nina that she what? did not want to do this episode. I know she how was funny like, is that? <sighs> she's like, well, like, what's funny is when Nina so doesn't want to do it. something, she turns into a teenager. 100%. And it's like, well, like, what are we going to say about it? And I'm like, I think this is one that people would definitely like to hear our thoughts about. And we can do it as ourselves. And she's like, okay. I don't think you're not also with like a bro, like you, which you never sound like. But, um, no, we, for a teenager. Indeed. Yeah. You, it's the teen when you'll be like, um, it just, it, it always cracks me up. But we are talking about spirituality. It took me a little bit to find a definition that didn't feel vague or incorrect. So I'm offering the definition from Oxford Languages, which is the quality of being concerned with the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things. Mm. 
And something I wanted to offer also to up at the top is I think people use spirituality and spiritualism as interchangeable and they're not. Uh, spiritualism is an actual religion. It is a system of belief and religious practice based on supposed communication with spirits of the dead, especially through mediums. Philosophy, the doctrine that the spirit exists as distinct from matter or that spirit is the only reality. And if you're interested in that, there is a great book called The In-Betweens, The Spiritualist Mediums and Legends of Camp Etna, which is a camp that is in Maine that is all people doing, it's a camp devoted to spiritualism and you can go get sessions and readings and see a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah, we got to go. We have to go. In Maine. I mean, I can, can I take a day trip? I mean, Maine's pretty far. No, I mean, can uh, I stay there but not there? I don't want to stay over with them. Oh, no. I mean, cute Airbnb nearby. Okay, okay cool. Great. Because I'm not, I'm, I don't want to like hang out later. I just don't yeah. have dinner. No, with them. they like also live in their little huts and stuff. Like, okay, cool. It's been there for over a hundred years and wow. stuff. So, where, is, where I, in Maine is it? I mean, you know what? I think the town is maybe called Etna, but let me double check. Okay, well, but that book is also what I liked about it. Um, I read it a couple years ago. I think it came out in 2019. It is in Etna, Maine. So, is it also explains a lot of different things between different psychic modality. It explains all the differences between like clear audience, clear, you know, like all of those sort of things. So if you're interested in any of this stuff, I think uh, it's, a, it's a really great book in terms of laying out what's, what is like, I think something that is common about spirituality is people have no idea where to go for stuff. So I just wanted to up at the top, say that spiritualism and spirituality are two different things. But if you want a book that's very entertaining and really interesting, the in-betweens, the spiritualists, mediums, and legend of, of Camp Etna, you know, will give you a lot of information about spiritualism and all kinds of the psychic arts. So when, okay, I know your mom was, is spiritual, you know, I, w- yeah. I would say, you know, mm-hmm. my mom is not, you know, like my mom is like, I'm a Catholic, even though she is kind of spiritual, you know, like I find it so interesting. You grew up in a household with it and then kind of were like, like, you know, that's weird or mom, like put your mother peace deck away, you know, like, and, and then came back to it. What was it like growing up with spirituality and then coming back to it on your own terms? Uh, so my mom was always that, I mean, there were, there was no one else like her, especially where I grew up. And so my friend, it was very much like suburban momville, and that's cool. Fine. I mean, maybe not cool, but it's fine. And my mom had her singing bowls and her cards and she was take me to tarot readers or psychics or acupuncture, like a lot all through my childhood, not in like a way that was inappropriate ever too much, but often. And I was really into, it was just so normal for me growing up and I was really into it and I never rejected it, but I would get embarrassed for, you know, a moment here or there when my friends would come over and she, 
like in the morning, they would sleep over in the morning. She'd be meditating and they'd be like, what is your mom doing? <laughs> I'm like, she's meditating at, with a bowl. I don't know, like whatever. So I didn't reject it, but I did. If she was the only one I knew that was in, in it, you know, doing yoga. I mean, I'm, there were many people doing yoga, but she had been doing yoga since she was a teenager. So I'm really grateful for that. I think I didn't, well, I know I didn't use, I didn't use it in the way I use it now. I didn't connect the way I connect now, but I was always asking big questions and I was always thinking outside of this earth, but then always trying to bring it back to earth. That made me feel very much always on the outside of the friendships I had and the worlds I was in. Not, I wasn't rejected for it. I didn't, you know, there was no like, you're, you're, what are you even fucking talking about? I just Mm -hmm. felt like, why, why am I the only one kind of asking these questions or thinking this deeply? So when I came back to it, I mean, it was definitely humbling because I felt like my mom had kind of been right all along, even though she'd never proposed that I do any of that for work. It was not like you could, you could read tarot, but I did feel this, this kind of, Oh, it was right in front of me all along. And I just had no idea. And, but I think that's, it's a beautiful part of just how life unfolds. You know, I had to, I had to kind of run into things and hit certain walls and meet my limits to then realize that what I actually really wanted was a peaceful life, helping people and connecting to something bigger than me. That gives me hope. That helps me to stay anchored here. And it's been like a journey for a lack of a better word. And that I think anytime you don't see it coming, it's, it's humbling, you know, and I just did not see it coming at all. So I'm really grateful that my mom instilled a lot of, you know, great practices and oh, just this awareness that there was something to, there was something outside of the box when she got cancer the first time, I think she said she wasn't going to do chemo. She did radiation. I don't know if she needed chemo, but anyway, she did radiation and she would mix all of these Chinese herbs at, in her house. And I actually wanted to talk about this on the podcast too, because I saw conspirituality guy who I usually am like so down with. I, I, saw, you know I know exactly, exactly, what, exactly what you're talking about. He went after our beloved acupuncture. Yeah, he did. And I was like, fuck off. I mean, I think for what he's doing, he's not incorrect. Like he probably would say Reiki is made up, you know, like, like I could see that, which I don't think it is obviously, but I, he's also he, someone who was in a cult. So he's coming he was? at, he was yeah, that's like part. Of, he was, that's like part of why he like does this work. Cause he's like, when I was in a cult, you know, like, so I just think well, I didn't follow him because I was just really annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't block him. I might go back, but I just was like, yeah, come on. But here's the thing. I don't really care. But my point was, what was my point? What was I talking about? She, she didn't oh, do she, no, the, she was just mixing, mixing herbs. the herbs. Yeah. Right. And I think my point was like, there was a lot of 
not pushback that was too loud, but I think my friends would make comments or things about like, well, what is that? Like, why is she doing that instead of taking, you know, this or blah, blah. And they didn't mean anything by it. They just didn't understand. So I just am so grateful that my mom exposed me to so much because nothing, because, and it's all I know. Right. So now I, I see things that are traditional and very much expected as, as like a little bit outside of the box. I, I don't disagree. I absolutely believe in science and medicine of course, but I'm not like quick to jump to it because I know so well about alternative medicine. And that is, I think, priceless. Yeah. I wonder, how did your mom even come to spirituality? Because I think if you also think of like the, she probably just did a lot of drugs. You think? I mean, like, I, mean, just I know she did a lot of drugs. Timing. I know and she did a lot of drugs when she yeah. when she went to Woodstock, and it was like that was Got my it. generation. So I think so she just like stumbled into hippie. that. Yeah, yeah, total hippie. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because my mom was a hippie, like big she hippie. Was. Yeah, but she what was still. Yeah, I think she's like I'm. I'm a hippie, but I'm also a, sur- a southern lady, and mm-hmm. you can only like kind of spit in the face of convention so much, you know. So yeah, it's. The South has kind of a thing of like, you can rebel in certain ways, as long as you are complying in others. So I think she kind of found it's like, it was, I mean, my mom converted to Catholicism when she was 18 years old, like the second she hit 18, she converted Converted from bizarre. Yeah. From Methodist, I think. Wait, she like, like, I so desperately want to be Catholic. Yeah, my mom used to like would go to mass before church. But she doesn't hate gay people. Not at all. Oh my god, my no one could love the gays more than my mom. So tell me how that fucking works out. I mean, Catholicism sort of interesting in the sense of like it very much depends on like what your like what is the culture of your archdiocese and like what is your priest like. There are tons of progressive Catholic churches. You're just not hearing about it. You know, there are priests that are, you know, like will preach tolerance and things like that. You know, the way a Catholic mass kind of goes is different because it it's kind of formulaic, you know, like we do the same thing. Whereas, you know, and you have communion and all of that, whereas for Baptist, Methodist, some other things, uh, those ministers, pastors, they like to freestyle. And I think that's where, I mean, the Catholic church is, is complicated. People who are very conservative or very, you know, like obviously don't, you know, like uh, don't tolerate gays or homosexuality. But I don't think most people walking around who identify as Catholic are, I don't, I, it's just not, I mean, I know, I know a lot of them. I just, it's just not something I hear a lot or that what's going on in their homes, you know, like, I think it's much more with the, um, the Christian right, you know, than it is with Catholicism. Catholicism has different problems, um, that it's over, you know, like, so I think my mom loved the tradition. She loved the rituals. She liked, she, you know, that that's when she really felt like she was able to commune with God. And that's been a way for me to sort of explain like my own 
you know, like relationship with spirituality, you know, that I'm like the way you sort of, you feel it mass, like I feel in meditation and we, when she'll be sort of like, you know, I just, I just worry I'm not going to see you in heaven because you're a heathen. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I spend all day commuting with God. So maybe you should be a little more worried. And she was like, oh, shit. And I was like, I love when my trolling works with her. Like, it's so fun sometimes. But I was like, every day I'm kind of in pursuit of where is where is the divinity? Where, where can I remember that, you know, where can I remember spirit, you know, like whether that's the human spirit or ones larger than us or things like that, you know, that I do think most of what we concern ourselves with on earth is um, nonsense, you know? So I understand like a lot of my mom's own uh, resistance that it was so interesting when we were in India and it's a incredibly spiritual, mystic, you know, and religious place. And her seeing these people who um, a lot of our guides and things like that were like, you know, deeply religious, like Hindu, um, very devout. We're like, oh yeah, I went and like, you know, gave an offering at the temple before I met y'all this morning and yet would be fully engaged in spirituality was like, challenging for her. And I was like, see, these things can coexist. I find it very interesting that she doesn't think like religion and spirituality can coexist. So is that like against my mom grew up Catholic, by the way. So she, and was like, this is not for like very against the Catholic church. So I grew up with her saying that. And then I actually, at 13, all of my friends were going to CCD or whatever the fuck. Yep. And I was like, well, what's the CCD thing about? Like, I want to see what's up. And she's, and I give my mom so much credit because I would have been, if Milo ever asked me to go to CCD, I will say, absolutely not. There's no fucking way. I just will. I mean, call me when he asked me that, but she was like, if you really want to go, go ahead. And I went and one of the first things they were talking about was about homosexuality being wrong. And I was like, my uncle's gay. I got to go. Like, I'm, I'm out. You guys are not for me. And it was so, I came home. I'm like, why? I was so confused. And I, at that moment, just really wrote off all organized religion altogether because I just don't, it just, I don't, I don't like feeling like I'm in some sort of, you know, rule book and I have to follow things and I have to answer to someone. And the whole idea of going to freaking tell someone about your sins. I mean, it was just so bizarre to me. Like, who is this guy? What, what makes him any more, you know, together than me? Why is he judging me about, and what are sins? Like, it just all like blows my mind to this day. And I have a client who's Mormon or what formerly Mormon. And when she'll tell me things about Mormonism, it just like knocks my socks off. Like truly. Oh, yeah. The church of Latter-day Saints is on some I shit. Mean, what I mean, in the actual fuck? Like, and the special underwear and the like mm-hmm. end of days and like, but every, everything in religion, in organized religion for the most part feels very contradictory to me. And that's where I am just like throw the middle finger up respectfully because I just am like, you just said this, but now you want, now you want to do that. 
I just, it just doesn't compute for me and it doesn't add up in most areas. Well, it's much like, you know, the constitution that we're still trying to like. <laughs> the good old constitution. Yeah. That, you know, it's like that was made by a lot of men with wood teeth, you know, like things have changed. Yeah, and a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. Like I, I think, I mean, like, like a lot of things that my opinion is very different than most people's. Like I had a very like Catholicism, like soft Catholicism experience. A lot of that is because we moved to England where, you know, most people are church of England. So there's just not a ton. It, it, it loosened its grip even within my family. And I think my mom also like, didn't feel like she, had to create like a religious home, but I think she felt like she had to give us something, which is kind of um, leads me to my next question for you. Whereas like, I understand the appeal of organized religion in the sense of if you think back into ye olden times and it's like, I sometimes think about what it must have been like and oh like God, the 13, same. 1400s. Oh God, me too. I think about that all the time. And you just have no idea what the fuck is happening ever. You're no. just like, You're you know, food, like the and the way plagues, well. things are being explained. I mean, think about being in a human body in the 1300s where they're like, they have nothing. They don't know anything. They're like, oh, are you and I will be stoned or you're, you're growing a goblin. You know, it's like, uh, I think of that and I'm like, well, if you think about organized religion through like their, that was so much of what was people's lives, you know, like it was a way to explain life. It was a way to give you rules of how to live. It was, you know, like it was, I do think it like originally maybe was like, yeah, we don't know how we've ended up here. We don't know how we're going to survive, but we're going to try to get together for coffee (laughs) and chat about this. I totally, totally get that. And and I, but I, I don't, what I don't understand is why there's a fear of like updating it. And then I also find it hilarious when people are judgy about say like Mormonism, which I, you know, or, and are like, it's too new. <laughs> like it's not a religion. Like all of that is very bizarre to me, but I also think, you know, like in, in the example of confession, like who is he? Like we're saying that that is a priest, that is someone who's been designated, like I get that there is some advantage to saying like, these are the things we've decided, you know, we've decided that we're going to have a holy person. You go and tell your sins to, and they give you a prescription and then you're absolved from it. Like that to me seems like a pretty sweet system that like, no matter what I did, I just go tell this person we've decided has magical powers and then I'm, I'm done with it. I'm like, that's cool to me, you know, but what I think that, why spirituality is appealing but also has gone like bonkers in our day and age is that people want to make narcissism spirituality and just say anything I want to do if I if I can put it under spirituality then it's cool then I can manifest it yes ah like I don't even know what my question is but sort of like how do we rein in that people th- like use spirituality like 
or like I'm high vibe or like they, they co-opt all this stuff Mm -hmm. around spirituality basically to be terrible. Like, well, that's why we do do about this episode. Great question. That's why I didn't want to do this episode because I am, I have this and I know Anna did this thing to me once and I really wanted to like reach through the phone and grab her and be like, what did you just say to me? But then I also was like, thank you so much for saying that. You go, <laughs> this is so good. We are talking about when we had soul and I was like, safety, safety, safety. Like I was so much about safety. I wanted everyone to know that it was safe. And I was like, people don't feel safe, Anna. People don't feel safe. And she's like, I don't think that's a universal problem. And I was like, what? And you're like, I think that's like a you thing. And I'm like, okay. But I, but I do think I take it to the next level. I also think that I saw so much coming only because I was so knee deep in some, with somebody that was QAnon that it scared the shit out of me. And then I started to see it like out in all of these small ways and did it make me paranoid? Yes. But now all this kind of pastel cue and all these, you know, influencers who people don't even know are sharing things from a conspiracy theory. That's quite dangerous. It it's like, it's, I don't believe in having a strut, you know, what's it called? Like checks and balances, obviously for, spirituality, like who's going to be the fucking, you know, president of spirituality and just make sure we're all doing what we need to do. I mean, think about therapists. They go off the rails all the time and they have a very much like a system, right? Who checks in on them? I don't know. Do they have to like take tests every so often or something? Yeah. I mean, they're, they tend to be licensed. Well, if they're doing things the way they should be, they have to be licensed and they have to keep up with that. So you have to do that every like so often. Yeah. And then you should also have a clinical supervisor. You should have someone that you are checking in with and being like, this is what's up. You know, like I'm seeing these people or whatever. There are supposed to be systems. Yes. Yeah. Which I like appreciate. However, in that's something that I don't know that first of all is possible in this space, but also that we need, it's just to your point, I, what happened, I think is that white women figured out that they could make money doing it and that they didn't have to answer to anybody and that they could also center themselves completely in the conversation and somehow become, you know, praised for whatever. And it just went fucking wild. Like there's just, so much nonsense out there and I don't want to be associated with any of it. And so I'm very, which I'm centering myself now, but I think it's just so, it's such a delicate situation. And how do we take that back almost? And just, I've, I've netted out that people need to learn their lessons. They're going to sometimes go to people who are yep. totally unethical and, you know, this happened to a client of mine and she had a really, really bad experience with somebody who charged her a lot of money, who positions themselves as, you know, this like spiritual influencer. And she, when she, I mean, when I say she crossed the boundary, it was beyond a boundary. And then it was so manipulative and gross. And I just, but she did need to learn that lesson, I think, 
to and pull the veil back on who she thought this person was or who this person presented herself to be. So I think part of it's like we can't protect everybody and it's not our job to, right? And yeah. we can't police everybody. It's not our job to. But I I do see it at some point it has the bubble has to burst. And I'm yeah. kind of just sitting back with like a cigarette, even though I don't smoke anymore, and a glass of wine being like, well, when's this all going to fucking explode? Yeah. What makes something spiritual to you? That's a great question. I think it's this I think it's a feeling, really. I think it's a feeling. I think it's I agree. Feeling connected in whatever however that whatever that means. When I move, I feel, you know, that little tingle that in the third eye like I feel that and I feel a clearing happen and I feel a connection happening and I feel like I'm in my body but I'm also s- channeling something. And so I don't use that word very sparingly because of everything we just talked about. Now everyone's channeling this, channeling that, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like a channel for energy to come through me when I'm doing movement, when I'm doing readings and that, and when I'm meditating, which is, you know, rare that I do it traditionally in the traditional sense. But anytime I feel an absence of anxiety and a just, kind of this rush of almost knowing that everything just okay as it is in that moment. I feel like I'm doing something that's spiritual, walking in nature, being with my kid in catching him in moments where I'm like, whoa, this is something. This is something. What about you? It's funny. I want us to talk about channeling in a second. I think, well, I, it's funny. Some of these, like my whole life and career, I've like always been into things that like half the community is amazing. And, you know, like we all just want to like nerd out and like do our thing. And the other half of the community are terrible. Like <laughs> I, it's, I, you know, like photography, television, you know, like all these things that like that half was like, all about it and the other half was like yeah i'm i'm a photographer and you're like oh, so true oh you know God. and it's and and i i don't know what i'm supposed to learn from it i'm still you know and i think some of it is to see the like kind of like the absurdity of rules and things you know because it's like I deeply believe in channeling and I think channeling is, I think I'm uh, one of my greatest gifts is my ability to channel that I can, once that clicked into place for me and I really learned how to do it and I credit Delphi, the metaphysical university, uh, real life, AKA what I refer to often as real life Hogwarts into really teaching me that and, you know, learning how to kind of like let go, feeling that sort of loss of myself, you know, and feeling myself still be in my body, but be able to receive things that I've no idea where it's coming from. I'm like, whoa, shit. You know, I think often I feel a sense of spirituality when things happen that like, okay, maybe if I scratched the surface, I could like figure it out. But like, it feels like magic. Like when something just sort of 
aligns. There's a photographer, he is long since dead now, uh, Henri Cartier-Bresson, who coined the term the decisive moment. And it was when your eye, camera, and hand all lined up to capture something. And that to me is like the life version of that. Like I was telling Nina, I was coming home and a street performer was singing Charles Bradley, I'm going through changes. And when he was like belting the chorus, like a hundred people sang around to him, sang with him. And like, that to me feels like spirituality. That to oh, me yeah. is the, the human spirit. And like, so maybe like connection is a thing for me, like w whether it's connection with people or, you know, but like, it is that feeling, uh, it, it, I agree with you about like being in nature sometimes when you're like, oh my God, like we're such a tiny speck in all of this, you know? But I think in a way I, really do sort of live my life a bit spiritually in terms of trying to be concerned with, you know, things bigger than just like, I guess, like what I want or, you know, like acquiring or, you know, that sort of stuff. But I think like it is a bummer that certain things like channeling, you know, I think, uh, if it's something you're interested in, I highly recommend people play with it. I think on this site, um, I did some stuff around channeling, but if you're looking for a reader or you're into somebody on Instagram and they're always talking about channeling and a channeled message <laughs> and things like that, you know, if it feels weird, it, it probably is, is it you is. know, and it's, it, they shouldn't have a problem telling like if it's legit if it's if it's if it's for real and they're channeling something whether that's from you know their higher self their guides god who knows who the fuck knows you know they should be able to tell you and have no problems with it like think about the woman who was just in the new york times about channeling yeshua you know like that's pretty fucking out there you know and she had no problems being profiled in the new york times like i'm inclined to believe that woman's definitely talking to somebody is it yeshua i have no idea you know but like something's up there but i think often people use channeling as a bit of a smoke screen mm -hmm. because they don't have the full confidence to just say what they're trying to say. A hundred percent. Also, I, uh, how much do we, like, I, I've just started not to care. And I don't mean that. In <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like, I feel like I've taken on board some of your ways you don't care. And I feel like you're taking on yes. ways that I don't care. Yes. We've had a little bit of a swap. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, because I'm for a moment, I just became, well, here's my thing. If I believe that if you're about it, you don't talk about it all the time. If, if you're just like about that life, you're living that life, you know, Agreed. So I don't, you don't need to flex. No. And I, I tend not to believe people who are constantly putting on this show about how the channel that they are and how they have a message for you and it's a collective message. And I'm like, shouldn't you just be doing it right now? I don't know. Yeah. I just don't buy it personally, but here's where I don't care anymore. I just don't care anymore. I'm like, if you go for it, if you want to like, call a bunch of people into your cult 
in the middle of the woods in freaking North Carolina, like so be it. I, everyone at this point is on their own. I care about everyone deeply as a as a just a humanity. I care about humans, but I will not sit there and stress about how many shitty people there are doing this work and manipulating people because it, while it's deeply unfortunate and scary, I'm not one of them. Anna's not one of them. I don't associate with anybody who is that way. So that's, that's really all she wrote. Like if that's the lesson that somebody has to learn, I mean, I've gotten screwed by a psychic and like totally almost taken, but I didn't, but she was super manipulative. And I do think you have to learn some of these lessons sometimes, but spirituality is not selfish is what I think. And if you feel like somebody is Mm. really centering themselves or, or consuming more than they're giving, then I think it's cause for pause. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I also think just because someone is spiritual doesn't mean they're good. And and I think that there's a lot of these things that we want to say, like, I get a lot of DMs uh, that are like, I went to this person and this thing happened, or like, I went to the, or my friend went to this person and this thing, like, can you believe it? And I'm like, yep. You know, like there are a lot of bad people out there. There are a lot of bad readers out there. You know, like, yeah, I can, you know, like it's an unregulated field, you know? And yeah. Fucking wild, you know, like, wild I don't, west motherfucker. Like not trying to sound like, you know, an asshole, but it's like, yeah, I a hundred percent believe that happened, you know? And they're sort of, I, I can tell like they're a little surprised that like I'm not outraged. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if I got outraged every time or I got outraged by how many terrible people do this work, like it's all I would do. It would be a full-time job. And I think like what you and I sort of realized me more so than you, I think you already knew it, but I really learned it was that a lot of people want to be fooled a lot of people want to believe you can you know that you don't have to heal trauma you don't have to do these things you don't have to like work on your self-confidence or self-worth or heal this stuff that you can like go to a weekend retreat and become a high priestess in two days and that will solve your problems and you know what? Like we all have to like hit our heads against some walls before we get somewhere sometimes, you know, like I, I think I felt for a long time, like I wanted to be outspoken about my practice to try to like, you know, like so many people who are bad are really outspoken, you know? So I was like, there's no one countering that in a way, you know? So I would talk about it more. And then I was just kind of like, Oh wait, like a lot of people, because my belief was like, well, if they know they'll do better, they'll choose better. They'll, you know? And then I was like, yeah, no, (laughs) apparently not. You know, like, and, and it's not, I'm not really saying this in judgment. I think I'm saying it more in, in defeat of like, this is something Nina and I obviously like care so much about. It's what we do. It's what we've really devoted our lives and and time to that. It is so frustrating to see it time and time again, co-opted by people who really just want to do harm or build up their own egos. I don't even know that they're doing harm. Oh God. Yeah. They don't, so many of them don't think they're doing harm. 
And that, yeah, but you've taught me so much about not wasting my energy being outraged all the time because I was so exhausted and I'd be in the shower. Like, can you believe this is happening? And it's like, Nina, that's not your fucking business, right? Like just take a shower, you know? But I do, I do hate to think of people out there getting hurt, but at the same time, you know, Red flags are red flags and you're, it's a perfect time to check in with your intuition and say, does this feel right or true or safe? And I do think that people, to your point, absolutely wish to have an easy answer, which I get. Of course, we all want that. But if it seems too good to be true or there's this whole kind of marketing scheme that surrounds it it's probably not real. Yeah. And that's just an easy rule of thumb, like seven days to, you know, psychic, whatever. It's like, uh, okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I also think like if we're defining spirituality is as essentially an interest in things like, large larger than yourself you know in not just the your experience but the human experience the soul those sort of things no one's better than you you know and i i had a teacher who's pretty famous now who did some like really not cool shit and one of the things she did would be like your spirit guides are talking to me and they're telling me and i was like I know they're not. I know this is the way she's trying to talk to me, you know? And I'm glad that I trusted that, you know, and started was like, I think I need to take from this person what I need for me. And then I need to separate, you know, like something's happening here. I'm not so sure about, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are attracted to spirituality because like you can be good at it or kind of can create like uh, some star power or whatever, like without qualifications, you know? So I think it does attract those people who are going to say stuff like your spirit guides are telling me like, you can't really argue with that. You know, like I can't be like, well, I'm going to call them up on the phone right now. And they're going to tell you, you know, like I'm like, I'm going to argue with a woman that my spirit guides aren't talking to her. Like, no, I'm, I'm like, No, like I refuse for that to be the dumbest moment of my day, you know, (laughs) it's like, I'm just going to trust that, you know, and, and, and connect to myself. And I would say to people like, I like spirituality, I think does feel daunting to wade into. I think it can be a very gated community of, you know, people act like it's, you know, it's something that I think people like it makes people feel cool. Like a lot of practicing, which is like are cool, seem very cool. And it has this like mystique about it that if you're interested or you're like, I want more, I want more of a personal practice. Like religion doesn't really do it for me, but like I got all these questions or I want to know these meanings of life or whatever. 
I think start noticing like what does make you feel a sense of like peace or wonderment or, you know, Nina and I are huge believers in like anything can kind of be spiritual. So I think that can be a helpful way too to protect yourself from like going from the person who's like famous on Instagram or like has a really sexy profile, but probably isn't going to do much for your spiritual practice. That like a huge, huge thing I know I've brought up, I've brought it up on here before, but was Buddhism for me, you know? And sometimes like, going to the less sexy places like Delphi is not sexy. It's like, you know, you're like basically in a dorm in the middle of the woods in North Georgia, you know, like the stuff that isn't Instagrammable is often where I think you will find the best stuff, you know, like those are the people who've been at it. And I think from anyone you want to consume anything spiritually, you want to feel in your bod that they've done some work to clear out some of their gunk. Like they know their biases. They know where they're coming from. They maybe know what their work is. Like at this point, I like working with people older and stuff. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily better, but like if I'm trying to go forward, isn't it more helpful to like look to someone who's maybe been there, you know? So I I think sometimes like, getting a little bit off like if you're resonating with something you're seeing in social media or something like maybe look at what is the tradition of that thing like if you notice oh i really love this person's yoga classes like maybe it's that they're iyengar you know and see like do you resonate with more of what uh what was his name i can't remember what iyengar's first name is but anyway it one of his books is incredible you know like maybe that's a way for you to build a, a spiritual practice as well. Like, I think sometimes people are like, I'd like to be more spiritual, but I've no, no idea how to do it. And it's like, anything could be, it could just be that you take a a quiet moment while you enjoy your tea in the morning. That's spiritual. Yes. And I think the more that you build the practice of your own on your own, the more discerning you are because you know what it feels like. And I think a lot of people don't know what it feels like or they don't know that they know what it feels like. So they trust people to tell them and that can get a little sticky. Yeah. It's if you are like, I felt it before, you know, then somebody who comes in and tries to kind of push you in a direction that doesn't feel comfortable or to manipulate you, frankly, you're instantly going to feel that on a physical level like instantly. And that's not to be ignored. I mean, maybe you won't feel it physically, but I do think there's a way to develop that. I know there is where you, I mean, for instance, this is the least spiritual thing that happened to me today. I was driving today and there was a checkpoint and I saw like 10 cops and my entire body it was like a wave of like, you know, that anxiety that just is like from your toes to your nose, like just it filled, it like flooded my body. Everything was like bad, bad. (laughs) And of course it's like all the stories I read and all of the biases I have that are mostly absolutely true. But I, and I drove through the checkpoint and I just, when I left, I sent it away. And I was like, be gone, like off my body away from my field. Like, I don't want to absorb that. But I was really grateful to my body because my body was saying like, 
maybe you're not in danger, but you feel like you're in danger and that's worth paying attention to. Yes. So that's also spiritual. Knowing yourself at that level and honoring your feelings and your emotions and is, is deeply spiritual. And every time you make a decision that's good for you, that you know in your heart is good for you, you connect to something, you connect to your higher purpose, right? You connect to something that's bigger than you because you're honoring, I think, your true spirit that can be big or small. Yeah. And I would say just if anyone has like some, I don't know, sort of position or influence as like a spiritual leader, but like they make you feel bad, they're not yours. You know, they're not for you. And you can trust that, you know, like you'll get what you need from someone else. And Mm -hmm. I think it can be worth it to kind of, you know, like double check, go like, why is this making me feel bad? Is it inviting me to look at stuff I don't like to look at? Or like, are we just not a fit? You know, like, does this and. I think for some reason with spirituality, I think because we're like, well, they're spiritual, they must know better or they must have this information, you know, like, no, it's like, it's no different than anything else. Like if you went to a doctor who every time you went to see them, like made you feel bad about yourself, you would get a new doctor, you know? And I think spirituality is the same. Like nobody, you know, has been tapped, you, you know, as the special one, you know? And, and yet, but I think like people who are iffy and highly sus will, will make you question that. And I would, would just be like, you know, the, the greatest gift that tarot really gave me when I was really in the process of learning was like, what's in your best and highest can't miss you. Mm -hmm. And I truly come back to that over and over again, you know, across the board. So whether that's wisdom, it's, you know, spirituality, it's your growth, it's, you know, your purpose or how to better align with yourself, whatever. If someone's making you feel bad, they're not, you're, you will get it somewhere else. You, you're not going to, you're not going to miss out on the love of your life because you, you're not getting your lessons from this person. No, you there's know? nothing wrong with you because you don't connect with that person. Yes. Thank you. That's really what I was trying to get at. But Yes. Yeah. It's exactly. They're just not for you. And I think that for whatever reason, like we question that a lot more in spirituality or it gets a little bit more like if I didn't like a writing teacher, I wouldn't think about it. You know, I wouldn't super get in my feels or question myself. But for whatever reason, when it comes to spirituality, I can get under our skin a little bit more. Yeah. In closing, what is the most spiritual thing? you've done for yourself lately in the day today what's the most spiritual thing you've done today i was walking and i was thinking about how much i hate the heat (laughs) and i then uh for a brief second closed my eyes and just walked a few more steps and thought but it sure does feel really good to like feel the sun on your skin and be alive and be in a body that can walk me down this street. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, you know, I think if there's anything people are probably clear on in this podcast, it's that we are not into toxic um, positivity, but I do find sometimes spirituality can be like 
get over it, grump. You know, like you're alive. And because of that, all things are possible, including air conditioning. And if you'll just keep going, you'll get in that AC. You know, I do think my spiritual practice helps me find that. So yes. that would be an example of that today. And then taking a pause to eat a really delicious salad. I struggle to eat lunch. I don't know why. So hot. Apparently it's an, well, it's also an ADD thing that you're like a toddler, like, no, I'll keep working. Like I, when I finish this, you know? Yeah. So I have to really be diligent with myself, but I was eating a particularly delicious salad I'd made for myself Ooh, yum. and was taking a second to be like, thank you everyone who, played a part in me getting to eat this delicious salad. Thank you for growing this food. So yeah, that would be my moments today. Yeah. I wanted to illustrate how, you know, it's, there's so many people who think they're not spiritual or think that it's not accessible to them. And I knew that you would prove that to be incorrect, not because you're incorrect for thinking it human, but because it's just, it's everywhere. It's in everything and it's always available. And there's no, you don't have to look for it in specific places. You can just be and allow it to move through you, allow whatever it is to move through you. And yeah, I think it changes our perspective in so many ways. I know that's what it's done for me. I am definitely a negative person more than I'm a positive person in general. And I think that's a defense mechanism and just a way I protect myself and always have, but being spiritual has and continues to ground me in what it actually is and what is possible and how small I am in the best possible way. And it just creates a lot more of an opening instead of feeling like there's just a closed door or a negative thing. Or I had a moment today where this woman that I take Pilates with all the time, I have decided in my head that she doesn't like me and she always is looking at me weird. And what did I do? Blah, blah, blah. It's always a conspiracy with an Aries, like something must be wrong. And so I was like, today I'm like, I'm going to choose to believe that none of that is true. And just get out of my story and take my Pilates class. And at the end, uh, my teacher always shouts out my, my class at the end, she walked up to me and she was like a little nervous, I think, or she was just like jittery from the class. But she, I thought she was like a little nervous and she's like, where's your class? I really want to take it. And it was so lovely. And I was like, you're really strong, you know, cause I was describing my class. I'm like, you're really strong. I'm sure, sh- you know, I'm sure you'll love it. She's like, I'm not that strong. I'm like, yeah, you are. You're super strong. And we just connected. And I was like, it's all bullshit. And I just felt so good to be that in that. And that felt really spiritual to me. Yeah. I think truth feels like yeah. spiritual or spirituality to me. Mm-hmm. And I would invite people who think spirituality, like let's um, like down with the stereotype of I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. And people just use that as an excuse to just like, you know, be like, I have a belief system. Let's embrace spirituality as a way like to more deeply know ourselves, to more deeply show up in the world. Like how great would that be? You know, the better you know yourself, the the more, you know, the better you can connect with someone else. And a lot of that is truth, 
you know, letting go of the story so you can be in the truth of a moment. You know, if you hadn't dropped your story, you probably would have been very different when she came up to you, you know, and been like, what's this bitch want? You know, like you might have been defensive. I don't think she would have come up to me because I don't think my energy would have allowed it. Mm, True, true, true. True, true, true. Because when I'm that way, I'm I'm closed. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't. I was open and I was, you know, available. And I think that's why she walked in. Yeah. So yeah, the truth. And also good old keeping ourselves accountable for our own actions. <laughs> yeah. So rude. <laughs> so uh, spiritual, deeply spiritual. That's why I really get super pissed about these these humans. But anyway. So true. They want to embrace one part and not the other. Yeah. But hopefully uh this has been helpful and it wasn't obviously so painful. <laughs> Yeah, if you have questions about spirituality or there's other things you want to know about, you can obviously always submit that on the site or on the Substack, or you can email us because I would be curious. I feel like it's something people are always sliding into my DMs about. So I'm always curious to know what questions kind of people have around spirituality or spiritual practices or, you know, things they want to know or stuff like that. Cause I know for me definitely was a journey, like finding my info too. So I'm happy to give people resources um, as well. Nina's happy to do it as well, but she's just far more private than I am. So you definitely have to ask her and she'll give them to you. Whereas I'm like, do you want every resource I've ever had? So um, Anna has all the resources. You can email me. You can't DM me though. It's true. It's true. It's true. I just don't. So, I just don't think that's the way to communicate these t- for me. We'll it's, both. I just tell ya, you. Know, you know. We'll both ask. tell you. I will give it to you. I just want it done in a specific way. Yeah. Which is fair. It's fair. All right, humans. Happy. Happy living. <laughs> Good luck out there. Good luck out there. That's all for today's episode. If you're interested in submitting a topic or want to submit a question for our advice episode, please join our membership community at howtobehumanpod.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, we're guides, not gurus. 